Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining us this week, a man whose technical issue this week, last week, Mike, Mark pointed out, maybe we should have said something. We were aware, folks, we were aware. So just said something, but he is back. He sounds great. He's a legend himself, Lavender Gooms. Hey guys, I'm sorry for my slight technical issues last week. I am back home with a good setup. My Yeti is on and pop 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 popping with this pop filter. So uh, back at 100%. Right on. Mike, do we have any days we are celebrating? Thank you. We do have some days. It's a bit of a week, a day or two, so... I'm doing the old double dip. So for today, Monday, obviously a happy Cyber Monday uh, to you too and to the other people that are out there. Uh, what what did you guys get for Cyber Monday? I mean, specifically on Cyber Monday. Well, you know your 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 big ticket item that you got for Cyber Monday. I bought a I bought a laptop. Nice. That was my that was my I big made- thing. No purchases today. <laughs> today was a bank account. Mark's getting a free day. computer. Okay, that's what Mark's doing. He's getting a free computer from me. Sure. Okay? I'm getting a good old hand-me-down. It's okay. I'm getting a hand-me-down from my little brother. So <laughs> hand me my hand well, me <laughs> that is perfect because, as I said, I'm double-dipping. Tomorrow is the National Day of Giving Thanks. So there you go, Mark. Okay. We probably we couldn't do that on Thanksgiving. We needed a whole different yeah. day for that shit. <laughs> and also, uh, happy National Red Planet Day for the planet Mars. And happy National, the third worst of between pancakes, waffles, and French toast. Happy National French Toast Day. I know we have retread this before, but again, the order is pancakes, waffles, French toast. I have a very, very different list. <laughs> it goes, honestly, French toast might be cheating, but still, waffle French toast pancakes. <laughs> I'm with Bob on that one. I'm with Bob on that one. I'm just saying, you know it's, uh, we're trying to t- make this a short show. Let's, let's, not, let's not dive into this topic. I'm again. just saying, real quickly, some of us want some texture, and the other one's looking for mush, <laughs> just mush. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, um, we're going to talk about MMA, which is what we do on a podcast like this. Uh, we're going to talk uh, real quickly because I'm the only one to watch this shit. I will mention what happened at the PFL championship. Because um, good Lord, that was a long fucking show. I mean, whoo, just whoo, it kept going, guys. It's just you have seven championships. That's what that's what's going to happen. Um then we're going to talk about UFC Austin. Uh, a little bit of news came out of that card. We got a replacement fight. Um, wildly different opponent for one guy. So we'll see what it uh, does for our picks. We have uh, four picks we are making. The top four fights on a, quite frankly, very good card. 
um, which seems like we miss a week. All of a sudden, the UFC gets a good, we get a better card. I don't know how that works, guys. You know, when they take the show on the road. They tend to try a little We're bit. Trying to sell some tickets. Mike, I believe right now yep. you have a three game or two game lead on the next closest competitor. Two, two game. Two game on Mark. Two win lead. Two, two on Mark, one on me, a three on me. Is that what it is or the other way? Uh, Might be the other way. Two, oh, no, it's actually two on Tight. Chalk, uh, <laughs> three on you and Mark. Okay, Mark and I got some work to do between this card and really the UFC 296 card because the one next week has got one fight, and I'm just going to spoil alert, we're all picking Song Yudong um, in that one because um, some of us think Song Yudong, future title contender. Also, the other guy, it's minus 300 against another guy. Come on now. Um, all right, um, real quickly, PFL championships. Um couple takeaways from this is that um, Dennis Goldsov owes me about $30. Let me just start with that. You can't be the level of favorite and win the first round as dominantly you can as you did and then lose the second round in 26 seconds. It's not okay. Um, I want to give a happy trails and happy retirement to Olivier Aubin Mercier. I've always enjoyed OAM. I think he's a, you know, been a very underutilized fighter in the UFC. I'm like that he won two $1 million tournaments in PFL. Um, which, I mean, that's just... I'm, I'm just thinking I would have questions if I was in the UFC and I beat Olivier Aubin Mercier while he was in the UFC. Um, notably, if, I don't know, Armin Sarukian, who's fighting this weekend, I don't think he's making a million dollars this weekend. Just putting that out there. And he got a win over uh, uh, Olivier Aubin or- Mercier. Or probably for the year. Or collectively for all of his fights combined. Um, So, and then um, something else I want to note real quickly is that um, Impa Kasagane, um, a name that you probably don't remember, but if you do, it's because that's the man who got kicked with that uh, spinning heel kick by uh, Joaquin Buckley a few years ago, our knockout of the year. Mm. So Impa Kasagane... Um, some people were just like, oh, so what? You won the light heavyweight final. Let me explain something to you. Impa Kansagane has got $1 million check in his pocket this weekend. And the man who kicked him with that wheel kick does not make two cents anytime the UFC talks about the greatest knockouts ever and play it and plays it again. So you tell me who's handling their MMA career better right now. Who's doing better? But just a thought. Just a thought. He was him and jo- he beat the crap out of Josh Silvera. And Josh Silvera is uh, Conan Silvera, the MMA coach, son. Um, hell of a chin because he was getting his just getting rocked. At a certain point, he got so beat up in like the four last two rounds, he was just abandoned blocking punches and he was just trying to wing shit. Um, Derek Brunson really beat up Ray Cooper. Just a, a straight up ass whooping. Um, some 30-25s in there. I want, to, I want someone to grab the guy running the PFL, Don Davis, and tell him I don't care about meritocracy. If you're really going to book Larissa Pacheco against Cyborg, so before Kayla Harrison versus Cyborg, they need to take your promoter's license away. Because book Cyborg versus Kayla Harrison. What are we doing, Mark? What like well, that's the only thing we can do in this fucking. We just we um, made this happen. I'm guessing they're trying to build it up. I would imagine they're trying to build it up. Right? Well, we, no, just 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 do it. What's to build up? Cyborg yeah, is mean- Cyborg has been fighting. For so long, Cyborg was, we saw Cyborg fight live on the card that Fedor lost to Verdum. That was in 2010, okay? That was 13 years ago. Let's do this while there's still nothing to do. Yeah, while you can still do it. Because you might lose. She might lose that fight and then 
the Harris fight. We made Kayla fight. We made, I mean, Larissa Pacheco is a great fighter. We made we made uh, Kayla fight her three times, and it took three times. It took until the third fight for Larissa to figure it out. And it wasn't like it was a smoke either, like smoked or anything. She just found a way to win the fight. Mm-hmm. I want to see Kayla Harrison versus Cyborg. I want to see if Cyborg can stop this yeah. woman from throwing her in the air like a pizza pie. Alternatively, I want to see Cyborg get thrown in the air like a pizza pie. Give me this. I saw her fight. I, I, I mean, I think Larissa's Brazilian. I've seen. I've saw Cyborg fight a worse version of Larissa Pacheco. Okay, and that was Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes whooped her ass in like a minute. I already saw that fight. I've seen that matchup. I never got to see Ronda Rousey versus Cyborg. This is the best I'm going to get, Mark. Okay, this is yeah. as good as I'm going to get. That's fair. <coughs> All right. We'll see what PFL is going to do. They said that they're not going to build a 185-pound or 135-pound division, Mike, mm-hmm. until 2025. I just want to say that the two Bellator champions at 185 and 135 pounds are two champions that can claim that they are, in fact, the best MMA fighters in the world. One of them is Johnny Eblen, and if he wants to tell me he's better than Sean Strickland, he might be right. And uh, the 135-pound champion is Patchy Mix, who I don't remember the last time Patchy Mix lost a fight, and he finishes everybody. And um, I'm not saying Sugar Sean isn't a good fighter. Sugar Sean's an excellent fighter. All I'm saying is they got two champions that are legitimately, if not the best in the world, they're top five minimum i don't think you need to build a whole like give them fights find them people to fight right like what are we doing like what are they gonna sit and do nothing for a year they're in their prime <laughs> yeah that 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 seems i guess it doesn't make it a lie when they said that all of the bellator fighters will be under contract because you would assume that would include people who fight at 135 and at 185 and asking them to wait a whole year to get any fights doesn't not sure what what that quite means and also what does that mean for the pfl versus bellator i think was it a champ is it supposed to be champion versus champion yeah they just don't uh, have 85 are, and 35 they don't have those weight classes in pfl so so are those fighters just not gonna have any fights on i guess what you could call a seminal event i have no idea like all i know is johnny elvin's 14 and 0 and he beat Gegard Mousasi in one of those fights. And Patchy Mix is 8-19-1. And he beat Koraguchi, Rafian Stotts, Magomed Magomedov, and Sergio Pettis. And he finished everybody I just named. So I want to see him fight. Okay? He's 30 years old. Let's do this shit. Man's from, like, I don't... Man's from Buffalo. They don't win shit in Buffalo. Well, he's not from Buffalo. Where is he? He's from Angola. It's in Western New York. I'm going Buffalo, Mike. Okay? It's good enough. Okay. <laughs> Western New York, you're from Buffalo. Okay. Wait. Wait. Angola, Western New York? It's like in it's in Erie County, New York. It is like as Western New York as Western New York gets. Just to make sure, we're we're not saying are you sure he's not an African dude who no, he is from Angola, New York? New York. That is a, That's a place? city. Born in here we go. Angola, New York, a small village approximately 20 miles outside of Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going Buffalo. This guy's from Buffalo. Buffalo doesn't win shit ever. Okay, come on. Wow, okay, all right. Angola, New York. That's more surprising than knowing there's a Boston, New York. Yeah. Um, Another extreme couture guy, by the way, just out there pumping out excellent fighters in that gym. Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense um, because I don't don't know much about um, Bellator at all, as I think everyone knows by this point. But 
I don't think that their 135 or 185 division is so thin that they can't find fights for them, even if it is just yeah, they just bought PFL a division. Having yeah, <laughs> even if it's just on PFL events, just having Bellator guys fight each other from those divisions. I'm not quite sure what his thought process is in saying that they won't have these divisions for a year. That doesn't they're like make we need a, like we need a, like, we need to build a division before it's viable. I'm like. I need these the people. The division's to built. Look, it, it, it's right there it. in Bellator. They had a better division. You use that division. I mean, I don't know. Get the, Patrice. I think Patrice, the ask Patrice you to fight at one thirty-five again. Book that fight with Patchy. I, I don't know. I think. I think the only times that you could really say, "All right, we're getting rid of a division." If this, let's say, there was a hypothetical situation where PFL bought the UFC, yeah, then they could say. Yeah, we're going to have to rebuild the 145. Well, in this case, they didn't have a 145 women's division. I was going to say a good one in if, this case. If yeah, I see your point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. But you, you see my point where it's like if let's say some fictional company was inherit buying the UFC and inheriting all their fighters, I could see them saying we need a year to build out a 145 women's division because they literally have no one in there. That's not the case with Bellator. Um, so maybe he misspoke. Maybe, oh no! Maybe he said what he's saying is misinterpreted. Maybe what he's saying is misinterpreted. I think he needs to back off this bullshit. This is a stupid ass comment. I don't like honestly a lot of what PFL says. PFL says a lot of things, and they're doing a lot. They're saying I like their product, honestly, but like they're trying to do too much. I mean, just trying to do too much. I know you want to be like this meritocracy shit. And what, just fucking book some fights, man. You got to book some fights. People want to see. It's simple as that. Go buy a bantamweight from the UFC. The, like, the, like the next free agent. Seems like Aljamain could get cut any day. They don't like him at all. I don't know. <laughs> Go get Aljamain, okay? okay? Um, all right, let's let's um, let's just talk about this card this weekend, guys, right? UFC Austin um, at the Moody Center. Um, quite a, uh, quite a, honestly, Mark said, you, you want to put some asses in seats, you actually have to put, you know, you should put some people on these cards that people want to see. <clears throat> we unfortunately lost um, We lost Dan Hooker. It was going to be Dan Hooker versus Bobby Green in a five-round fight, and Dan Hooker broke the same arm that he previously broke, which I think we call that shit luck, guys. I think that is called shit luck. So instead, the UFC said, would you like, with Jalen Turner, would you like to fight Bobby Green? And Jalen Turner's like, uh, no, I need more money. And they're like, all right, we'll give you more money. He's like, Cool. I'll fight Bobby Green. So, um, I don't, I think Bobby, I think Jalen Turner and Bobby Green are, I mean, I know Bobby Green is like somewhere around 12 mark, I think. Do you know what he is ranked? Yeah, I thought this was like 12 and 13. I thought they were right next to each other. I mean, Joe, so he might be 13. 12 and 13. And you are right. 12 and 13. Good, good. So he went from fighting the number eight guy or something, number nine guy to fighting the number 12 guy. Um, that's a far drop. No, and I believe they last, when they fought, it was a pretty, I thought Hooker fought Jalen Turner was the last fight for Hooker. And it was, I believe so, yeah. It was quite a fight, honestly. Great fight. Um, uh, but that's, they're, like, they're going three rounds instead of five, obviously, because, you know, short notice and all. Um, but let's get into it. Main event Armin Sarukian, uh, Benil Dariush. Benil Dariush, um, I don't think Benil Dariush has fought since uh, Charles Oliveira just whooped his ass six ways from Sunday. Am I correct? Correct. Yeah, that went real bad. 
that was, we finally gave that man a real shot to do something. They gave him a number one contender fight and it went as bad as possible. Um, Armin Sarukian bounced back from his Gamrod loss to two wins. An impressive one over Damir Ismagulov, because I'm the big Ismagulov guy, as you guys know. And then he beat up Joaquin Silva in a fight I have no memory of on any level. And I'm a Sarukian guy. I, have no, I don't remember this fight happening. Anybody remember this fight? Mm, on no. the Vittori versus Cannoneer yeah, card at the Apex. Yeah, cool. No one saw this. Um, betting odds for this one. Pretty one-sided fight, according to the odds makers. Minus 250 to plus 200 in favor of the Armenian. Mike, who's your pick? <coughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, Sarukian. Um, I think uh, we don't know what Benil has left yet, even though he's surprisingly only 34. I feel oh, he like has so much gray hair. I was surprised, too. I thought he was so old. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel like, for, one, he's been in the UFC forever. Um, and also, I think the, uh, the, the George Clooney... Uh, hair that he has really uh you know really makes him look a lot older um but i'm going to go with uh, the favorite in this one uh sarukian he's looked really good in his last two fights out um and yeah it's really just based off of past performances so going with sarukian yeah i'm gonna take i look this pains me because i got i got like one iranian in the ufc and like the closest one to winning anything was Benil Dariush. I, I think this, I think the odds are a little warped. If I'm being honest with you guys, like I don't know how well this goes if Armin doesn't get him down, and even if he does get him down, Benil's a good grappler. Um, but I'm still gonna go with Armin. I think he. I think this is a nut cutting time. Quite frankly, for Armin, I think it's time to see what's up, and I think he's gonna show up because I think he's a really good fighter. Honestly. In terms of these young dudes we got coming up in this weight class, he's one of them that I'm very impressed with. So I'm going to go with Armin Sarukian here. Mark, what do you think? Uh, yeah, um, honestly, um, I was going to make the case one way or the other. It was really just depending on who Mike picked. I was going to pick the opposite of. Yeah. <laughs> um, Darush, I mean, one, you can look at the Oliveira fight and, you know, pretty poor performance. There's been a lot of fights. People fight Charles Oliveira and they just kind of fight out of their comfort zone. I don't know when you had the belt or after you had the belt, like he just makes dudes nervous or whatever. And they tend to make some stupid mistakes. Um, and I, I'm also just betting a lot. Like he beat, I'm doing a little math here. He beat Gamrot. Gamrot beat our Armenian. That's good enough for me to, to he do He didn't just beat Gamrot. Here. He beat out, he beat Gamrot's ass. That Gamrot yeah, couldn't get him down. Gamrot got punished for 15 minutes there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe he could have a similar performance to um, Sarekian. And, and I have to imagine too, after the loss with Charles, like he knows He's right there at title contention, right? Um, 155 is just like the most competitive division. He's, he's so like this win too, isn't man. gonna be enough. Like he's gonna have to put a stamp it's, on it. Yeah, it's gonna be like he needs to get a couple wins, but you know, I, I think he's motivated to put on a good performance here. I honestly I think this is gonna be a super competitive close fight. Um, and that's why I'm kind of okay going with Darush. You know, we're getting close to the end of the year. Mike's got a handful. We gotta make of some moves. Gotta, I got it. We gotta, we gotta, gotta make take, some moves. And some of these other ones I'm not as freewheeling to pick one guy or the other. I think all these fights are really close and competitive and interesting, but there's some of them I'm like, I don't want to wait. Yeah, I, I really thought myself. this card, this given, is one I will. My, I, I think I mentioned it to Mike a few weeks ago. Where I'm like, this card is going to be one where like, we have a lot of like, I don't knows happening here. <laughs> like a lot of, I don't knows. All right. So what two for uh Saruki and one for Darius Mark, our boy, Bobby Green's in the next one, Bobby Green uh, coming off of knocking, um, 
Dawson, I think it was Chad Dawson, right? Just Grant Dawson, sorry. Uh, it was Chad Grant Dawson. Dawson. Chad Dawson was the boxer. My bad. Just knocking Grant Dawson's ass out in 30 seconds in a fight that made me so happy to lose a bunch of money, okay? Because I had all sorts of bets on Grant Dawson. <laughs> the only bet I think I hit was the fight not going to decision. God bless. <laughs> um, after Before that, he beat up Tony Ferguson. Before that, um, that weird fight with Jared Gordon. We're all Bobby Green guys. This is a tough task. Jalen Turner is fucking huge. Okay? Jalen Turner's six foot three. Okay? Um, Jalen Turner coming off of a uh, loss to Dan Hooker, split. Before that, a loss to Gamrot, which was a split. I thought he beat Gamrot, honestly. Just putting this out there. And I'm a big Jalen Turner guy, though, so, you know, biased. Um, betting odds for this one. Bobby Green coming in at plus 200 to minus 250 for Jalen Turner. The Tarantula, which the man, I believe we looked this up, has a bunch of Tarantulas, too. It's not just a nickname. Mike, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jalen Turner on this one. As you had mentioned before, he's a 6'3", to Bobby Green's 5'10". I think more importantly is the reach. Um, he has a reach of about 77 inches to Bobby Green's uh, 71. Uh, besides that, I did some research on their percentages. Um, in terms of their striking output, they're <coughs> pretty much about even. And while Jalen hasn't been great as a grappler, it's not like Bobby Green is a, is a world beater when it comes to getting people on the ground. Um, according to the stats I looked up, um, he gets his opponents on the ground maybe 37% of the time. Um, if he can actually get them there, he's skilled on the ground, but it's just takedowns that might be an issue. So if this is going to stay standing up, I'm going to give it to the younger, faster, and taller person so i'm giving it to Jalen. all right i got bobby green um this is a couple of reasons one Ooh. i was gonna pick bobby green over dan hooker i got in my head that bobby green has got one last push in his career and this is it two i feel we don't like betting odds and reality and sh like mma fans and this isn't a shot at mike because i think Jalen turner is a favorite for a reason totally understand it took this fight two days ago right like two days ago um and it's not at a catch weight and this guy's six foot three, right? I'm, I'm not mistaken. This isn't at a catch weight. This is at lightweight. It's supposed to be. At so this man's yeah. going to make 55 on one no week's one notice that. at six. He's not going to make it. No one it. said that. So at minimum, he's going to have a tough weight cut, whether he makes it or not. Okay. I like Jalen Turner a lot. I said it, I'm a Jalen Turner guy. Jalen Turner is probably the best 13 and seven fighter in the world. But he's got 30, he's 13 and seven. He's got seven losses and he's lost two in a row. And there's splits, and Jalen Turner puts himself in bad positions that look bad in front of the judges. Granted, Bobby Green's the king of acting like he didn't get hit, and when he got hit. The number of times I've gotten frustrated with Bobby Green in a fight because he's acting like he's not getting hit while he's getting tuned up, more times than I can count. I got Bobby Green, though. I think Bobby Green's going to get it done here. I don't know how yet. I think there's a decent chance he hit knocks him out because Jalen has been knocked out, and he got these long-ass arms that don't protect his face very often. He gets cracked in every one of these fights. I think that's why he loses these splits because he takes big shots and it looks like a bad look. So I'm going to take Bobby Green. And this might be where, this, this this might be the hill I die on, by the way, this event. So go ahead and note how much I paid for this belt because whoever wins this championship, if it's not me, is 100% going to have to pay at least their share for the belt's creation. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the shipping cost was splitting. Um, Mark, yeah, you got? Well, the, the people people don't know, like, 
This is not a fancy belt. <laughs> I don't think this no. belt costs more than 30 bucks. Oh, you're not going to be happy. <laughs> Mark, you spent way too much. You got ripped off on that. What do you mean? Do you know how, how many times this make my made Mike sad? This has been worth it for two years. <laughs> Isn't it made of like felt? Is there any like hard plastic on it? Am I misremembering? They embroidered it, bitch. <laughs> I think I might have paid for Rush also because I needed it before the end of the year. Uh, who do you got, buddy? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Um, I got Turner on this one too. I mean, I'm definitely, like you said, like we're all big Bobby Green fans. His his last, you know, the knockout of Dawson was awesome. You know, it, it got him a lot of the respect that, you know, he garnered with us through like decades of hard work. Um, and I'd love to see that momentum right on. And I think this is an interesting matchup and the, the hooker matchup would have been interesting as well. But I think stylistically, it doesn't really play into his favor where I think Bobby's really at his best when he's the best, the better of the two striking. I don't know necessarily if he is that in this case, not because he's he's a bad striker or anything, but a lot of the things that Mike mentioned before, the reach, how Turner uses that reach and the kicks. And it's mostly the kicks. I, I just saw a picture of, Turner high kicking Dan Hooker in the head and, and actually like the quote was like, I don't know how Dan Hooker didn't get knocked out by this, which isn't a great endorsement of Turner and his power on his kicks. But I was gonna say Bobby nobody I was gonna that, say anybody nobody's knocked out you could pick out in the lineup with these nine knockouts. Just put and again, I'm I'm, I'm a Jalen Turner guy, but just saying. <laughs> it's mo but mostly it's just like Bobby Green, yeah, I think his his the smartest way to go about it would be trying to grapple. He doesn't like doing that, right? He likes to have exciting fights. Gerald Turner will have an exciting stand-up fight with him. And in a shootout, you know, Bobby Green's got a decent chance at landing a big shot. I just think Jalen Turner's the longer, younger guy, and he might have some advantages here. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm put on Turner. I mean, he's a plus fucking 200 underdog for a reason. Worth mentioning, Bobby Green was training for a five-round fight. And Bobby Green missed Thanksgiving for this. So he'd be pissed off. Jalen Turner also missed weight in his last oh, fight. So does he you should, you should, I was gonna and that's what I was gonna say before. When you're saying this whole thing about like, oh, he has to like make weight, it's like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he didn't make weight in his last fight. And I he might show up at 100. We might not his, get this fight. He might miss weight by so he much. He might not be able to by so much. Yo, if this dude shows up at 165, this fight should be void. <laughs> I because <laughs> Bobby Green's gonna take the fight. It's his text. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I don't stop think it. Bobby Yeah, I don't think Bobby would I mean, it'd have to be really egregious for Bobby. Bobby's not. Like, Bobby's gonna, the not guy could show up on 185 and Bobby's going to fight him. This, yeah. is, this is Bobby yeah, Green. Yeah, she's like, Green's he's like oh, I'm gangster. Since. I'm going to do that. Bobby yeah. Green's been doing this since fucking 2008 when he was in Tijuana fighting dudes. Okay? This guy was king of the caging it up in like four different weight classes. Junior welterweight's not even a real weight class anymore. Okay? So like, I'm just saying, if this guy shows up at 165, our picture shouldn't count. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right, um, this one's another interesting one. Rob Font, Davison Figueredo, the former flyweight champion of the world, Davison Figueredo, moving up in weight for his bantamweight, <coughs> I want to say debut, but I don't know if he's fought in bantamweight in the UFC before. Maybe his UFC bantamweight debut, because I don't believe he ever fought at bantamweight in the UFC. Um, Rob Font, dude, this is going to be, this fight's going to rule, guys. Just putting this out there. This fight's going to rule. It's going to be real violent. <laughs> this may not take a while either. Um, betting odds for this one, we got it pretty fucking close. Plus 125 to the former champion. Minus 150 for Rob Font. Rob Font is coming off of uh, losing to Sandhagen. Um, before that, beating Adrian Yanez. We're at the point with Rob Font where they're only giving him fucking killers, basically. Um, that Yanez fight was impressive, though, if I remember correctly. Um, Davis and Figueroa has only fought Brandon Moreno since 2020. 
So he's going to be excited to see a different person that looks different on the nice, Tournament of Cage. A nice little palate cleanser. Yeah. Um, in that series, he went one one. He went one two and one. So, um, quite frankly, he should have won that other one if he didn't keep kicking Brandon in the nuts in the first fight. Um, but anyway, Mike, what do you think, man? This is a tough one. These are all tough ones, honestly. This is a very close fight. It's going to be probably the fight of the night, at least on paper. I agree. Um, I will likely try to find some time to tune in for this fight when it's live. So I don't know who wins the fight, um, you know, um, beforehand. And I really couldn't choose who was going to win this fight. So... I just rolled a die here and said if it was 1 through 10, I'm picking Davison. And if it was 11 through 20, I'm going to pick Font. And I got a 2. So I'm picking Figueredo to win this fight. Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> Mark, who do you got? I got to think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I'm, I'm in probably a similar boat. Well, I was hedging Figueredo in this fight, too. Um, but, you know, we got to make some opposite picks of Mike. I just aligned with him with Turner. Um, so I'll pick, I'll pick Rob, you know, we're making some gambles. Um, I'll take, Figueredo, I mean, again, by it's the just, way, I've already decided I'm going to Figueredo. We'll go ahead, Mark. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's one of those fights that I think is, is really close. Um, I mean, I like, I, I was personally hedging Figueredo just because, you know, he has been at the upper echelon of his weight division right now. He's moving up. And I think there's a lot of, questions there about how he's going to deal with you know moving up in a weight class and i think that gets even more compounded when we look at these the lightest weight classes because i mentioned it before you know like most of these weight classes are divvied up in 10 pound increments but when you're going from 125 to 135 that's a higher percentage of your body mass than going from 45 to 55 right yeah like you're a smaller guy so those 10 pounds kind of carry a little bit more and you have rob font who's, you know, used to cutting down to this weight, we'll figure real is not going to have to. So how big is that size difference going to be? How is that going to factor into the fight? You know, those are all questions we're going to hopefully have answered. On just skill level, I do like Figueroa a little bit better. I mean, Font has been doing really well. He's only lost against, you know, what I would consider to be the upper echelon of that division. But he hasn't really staked out much of a claim for, him, for himself to be like a true title contender, right? He's been right at the cusp, but he's never fought for a title. He's never quite been there. So these are all the little things that were kind of egging me to go Figueroa, but you know, we're close. We're at the end of the year. It's not a bad pick. I'll, I'll, I'll I, I, I'm rethinking my pick. Give me a second here. <sighs> I have no more well, analysis you, to give. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you want to move on the to the next one? Why you think? Yeah, go. Ahead. Let's do the next one. All right. Um, yeah, I've kind of decided this is the event I'm going to die. I think, um, or just tie it up. Probably. Okay. Uh, Sean Brady, Calvin Gastelum. This one, this one's really interesting. I've been saying that about all these. I love this card. Just putting this out there, guys. I was more excited for Hooker versus Bobby Green because it was five rounds, admittedly. Um, but fuck, Jalen Turner and Bobby Green still fun. Um, all right, Kelvin Gastelum and Sean Brady. <coughs> Kelvin Gastelum got, got not got rid of the got off the Schneid and beat Cliff Chris Curtis in a fight of the night performance back at UFC 287. Then Chris Curtis complained a bunch about thinking he really won. No, he didn't. Um, Chris Curtis complains a lot. Sean Brady uh, fought, uh, suffered his first career loss against Bilal Muhammad. Got knocked out in about uh, 10 minutes, a little bit less than uh, before the end of the second round. 
Big Sean Brady guy over here, guys. I think Sean Brady rules, quite frankly. Um, this is Kelvin Gastelum's first fight at welterweight since 2015. Because if you guys remember correctly, I was... Uh, oh, he fought one more. Sorry, I was wrong. He did go back and fight uh, Neil Magny again. So 2016. Um, I, thought, I, I thought the last thing for him was when he missed weight by 10 pounds because he had to go to the hospital and then when he was going to fight Woodley, and then for some reason they still let him fight in a cage fight the next day. And then Woodley refused to take his purse, the percentage of the purse. And that's when I learned Tyron Woodley's a better person than me because um, it was like nine grand. And then Gastelum wouldn't take it back. And then Woodley's like, all right, fine. I'm going to give you all of it back except for the amount I have to pay taxes on, which he did have to pay taxes on. So anyway, um, betting odds for this one is I think it's another fucking close one. Minus 145, Sean Brady, plus 120, Kelvin Gasolum. Worth mentioning that we are a BetMGM podcast because that is the easiest one, I think, at times. Uh, Mike. Go ahead, buddy. Let's flip another coin. Who do you got for this one? <laughs> yeah, we are a BetMGM podcast. Not because we're sponsored by them. Just for ease. Yeah. Uh, who do you got here, brother? Uh, yeah. I, I, have, I have Sean Brady on this one. And this is more because I have no faith at all in Kelvin Gastelum. Um, him, him fighting back down or trying to fight back down at welterweight really solidifies my, my pick for this. Um, I have no faith that he will actually hit 170. Um, I'm actually, if there were a bet that he doesn't make the fight because he can't make the weight, I would like to lay $10 on that. Um, I think you probably can. If, I'll find it for you, buddy. My my book might have it. I, I, if, my if my he, book's not going to If he does, if he does make the fight, I would assume it would probably be he is five or six pounds over. And I almost feel if that's the case, this one shouldn't even count because that's just some bullshit. We know that people that come in overweight, they almost always win. Hey, but if Jalen Turner shows up at one sixty five, this shit doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not quite sure why it's such a close card. I um okay. I'm such a close well, fight. Let me make um, the argument. Buddy. Sean Sean Brady before being knocked out by Bilal Muhammad, who's a very good fighter, was undefeated. Um and had won what four or five in a row in the UFC. So at, up to that. Point. I say this is a big fan of Sean Brady. The reason this is a close Mike is because when Sean Brady couldn't take down Bilal Muhammad, things got real bad real quick. Mm. And Kelvin Gastelum, I'm picking Kelvin Gastelum. Let me just say that right now. And if, if I lose a champion, if, I, if my belt goes away, me rolling the dice on Kelvin Gastelum and Bobby Green, that's fine. Okay? I've come to terms with that shit. I'm just trying to see if it's going to go down with fucking Davis and Figueroa too, is what I'm working on in my head. Okay? Um, so, Kelvin Gastelum has excellent takedown defense, particularly when he was a welterweight. Granted, it's been a few years. But he's been avoiding takedowns by people much bigger than Sean Brady now for a few years now. Granted, he's losing a lot of these fights. But they do not let Kelvin Gastelum fight anybody that isn't fucking top-notch. And whenever he fought somebody that isn't top-notch, he won. Straight up. Um, I think he's going to stuff some takedowns and light this kid up. And while I love Sean Brady... And he has not fought since last October, so I think he spent a lot of time, I hope, I hope, working on his striking. That being said, it sounds like he pulled out of two fights in 2023, 
So it wasn't like he spent his time doing his craft. He tore his groin and then he got he got injured to before he was gonna fight Jack Medella Maddalena. Um I again I love Sean. I like all these young guys I'm picking against. I'm big fans of. Um, but I saw the way he lost. And the way he lost plays very much in the hands of Kelvin Gastelum. Sean Brady is five foot nine. Kelvin Gastelum is five foot nine. Okay, he is the same size as this man. He has not he's not a fought a guy his size in a very long time. Let's not forget that Kelvin Gastelum was one round away from beating Israel, Israel Adesanya. Okay. Israel Adesanya was talking to himself saying, I'm willing to die. You remember that? He said, I'm willing to die. I don't know if Kelvin Gastelum's still that guy, Mike. You might be right. He might be done. You know, he's 32 years old. He's not a kid anymore. But welterweight Kelvin Gastelum was a different fighter. Welterweight Kelvin Gastelum lost to Tyrone Woodley, Neil Magny, and the fucking list. Okay. He was an 11 and 2 fighter. Okay. Sorry, 10, sorry, 11, uh, was a 10 and 2 fighter. That name Marquardt fight was middleweight. And he won that shit, though. So I've talked, I spent honestly much of this week seeing it, uh, try, uh, trying to not do this. But I think if there's an opportunity here, and I think the lines speak to it, is because of how Sean Brady lost that last fight. And I don't think Bilal Muhammad's a better striker than Kelvin Gastelum is, honestly. So I got Kelvin Gastelum. Mark, who do you got? Uh, yeah, I got Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. It's not a super positive pick because I, unlike you, Bob, like I'm not, not, I'm just not that familiar with Sean Bradley. I don't know if I've seen any of these fights really. To be completely fair, he He's an excellent wrestler, honestly. <laughs> I mean, that being said, I'm mostly picking against Kevin Gastelum because yeah. he has been all over the place, and I think his. La- I mean, look, I, I really like um, Chris Curtis a lot. That's a dude he should have ran over. Like, that should not have been a fight of the night. That should not have been a close back and forth. Chris Curtis thinks he has, like, a chance at winning that fight. That should have been Kevin Gastelum, like, handling fucking business. I mean, and again, I like Chris Curtis's style, but, like, at the level that Gastelum and the competitors that he's fighting, like, I've I've always just kind of seen Chris Curtis as kind of, like, a mid-level guy, to be completely honest. I love the way he fights. He's very exciting, but he's not upper echelon. That's and fair. The type of tough fight that he had with Calvin made me question it. And then you question, yeah. Him coming down to 170, which he hasn't done, the, the organization will not allow him to do for so long. Is he going to make? Is anybody way? surprised? They're, sorry, Mark. Is anybody surprised they let him do it? Because I'm shocked. It's fine. Why do we wait this kind long? Of. Like this is a better weight I, class yeah. for him. We wouldn't let him do it for eight I years. I think Dana White. I think Dana White doesn't give a shit anymore. That might be part of it. <laughs> Honestly, Joe Silva's Somebody gone. That might be part like, of it too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but at the same time, like, yeah, maybe gasoline because he has to get to 170. Really has, I, I think another nuance here is that I think he's been more focused in his fights, especially, you know, in the, in the Curtis fight, he had to dig deep to to win that fight. But we've seen fights, particularly, you know, it's been a while now that Jack Hermanson fight. It looked like the dude just wasn't there. Right. Sometimes it just seems like his head's not in the game. Now, you know, he had, you know, decent performances against Jared and Whitaker where he, you know, lost decisions, but he hung in with top flight competition. I just don't know. So a lot of my betting on Sean Bradley really is betting against Gasolum and just where he's at. I think Bobby's analysis of potentially, you know, the fight doesn't get taken down. It's just a striking. Yeah, that's up. how he wins. Gasolum's not bad. He may not win, but that's how he would win. <laughs> yeah. If he starts getting taken down, he's fucked. It's to be clear. Yeah, and Gasolum's standup's not bad. That's why he could have a bang out war with Chris Curtis and, you know, still win that fight. Um, you know, the guy has heavy hands and he can take a punch. 
So if Sean Bradley is not able to get him down, yeah, this could be a really bad fight for him. But I'm I'm just and I, and I hate to I don't like picking against a fighter. Um, but I really we do it all the know, time. <laughs> in fairness, we do. We do. Six, but I, don't, I don't like doing 62% it. Sixty-two percent takedown defense. So we'll see. I wonder yeah. what I wonder if I can figure out what is if someone has like what's his takedown defense at welterweight because I don't remember anybody taking him down honestly. Remember when he won the Ultimate Fighter over Uriah Hall? People were fucking shocked that he pulled that off. That was a mild miracle at the time, but you know that was an interesting season. Um, all right. I'm by the way, I'm real quickly looking at UFC 296 and how many fights we're probably picking there. It looks like we're picking six, if not seven, on that one. And I'm wondering if I can get out of this, if I can lose enough here and not have to pick Colby Covington to beat Leon Edwards. Because I already have $40 on Leon Edwards. I made a bet on that a month ago, Mike, by the way. But it was minus it was minus 120. Now it's minus 125, by the way, if you want to make your bets. It's not going the right direction for Colby. Um, uh, I don't like to... I don't know how much I trust Figueroa, guys. That's the thing. I don't know what, like... I don't know if he got better in these fights. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure he improved, like, in fight to fight with Brandon. Like, he kind of is who he is. And Rob Font has never been knocked out. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like, well, Mike, who'd you pick? <laughs> I don't even remember I picked, I picked Davidson Figueroa. David Figueroa's only been knocked out once, and that was when he got, you know, his eye caved in, basically, by Brandon Moreno. You really thinking hard about this? Yeah, because I'm trying to decide if I'm going to lose this weekend or if I'm going to wait two weeks to lose. Um, look, it, look, it doesn't matter what you pick. All right, December is Mike time. It's when you all crumble. Right? Oh, he's <laughs> this is what, what I my, crumble. Mike's gonna right? go Owen. Oh, Mike's gonna go zero and seven on the UFC two ninety six card. <laughs> um. Okay. At the end of at the end of this card, I will be tied with you guys. Mark, who'd you pick? Watch it happen. Book it. Mark, who'd you pick? I, I picked I picked Font. Yeah, I'll I take Font also. Fuck it. Mike. Let's go. I think I've gone against Mike in every fight but the main event in this one. So this could really go. Um, I could be down six when this is over. Or I could be tied. That's pretty much the two options. I don't think, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think Mike's going to sweep this card, but we'll he see. He might. I mean, in fairness, I, mean, I, bet, on Kel I bet on Kelvin Gastelum to beat a young fucking killer. I, I bet on fucking, who else did I pick? I picked Davis. I picked Rob Bont. Who loses? Who's lost three or four to beat a former fucking champion? Like, there's a lot of issues here, Mark. <laughs> Just saying, these fights are too close. I don't. I'd be. Surprised I'm excited for this one, guys. This is gonna be a good card, though. Honestly, I'm excited to watch this one. All things aside, um, I think I'm gonna parlay my picks because I think five dollars would make me like ninety. That tells you what kind of picks I've made tonight. So, all right, um, let's have some fun before we do stuff we like. Um, I don't think we have time for two of these, Mark. I think you're right. I think we only have time for yep. one. So we're going to start to keep this top five thing going that we've been doing. And I'm going to go dealer's choice here to Mark. Would you like to talk about our top five favorite TV shows or our top five favorite movies? Let's do movies. Let's do movies. Okay. Was anybody, yeah. does anybody in particular want to start off? I have, I could probably make it up as I go. I got at least two in my head. Um, but I don't know if anybody else I got wants to start. in my head too. <laughs> uh, I had, you want to go one at a time each? You want to do that? So we go one, like we just go. One each like that. So we go round sure. robin. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. Sure. No. All right. I'm going to go. Make, you guys know me. You guys know where this is going. My favorite movie of all time is The Rock. Um, I have seen The Rock minimum, minimum 20 times. Um, the movies that we have we watch in my family's house that we've seen the most as a family are The Rock, Independence Day, and 
my cousin Vinny. That third one might come up. Oh. That third one might come up, by the way. Just putting that out there. Now I'm thinking about it right now. I love The Rock. I um it is a Michael Bay movie, which is surprising that but but it's like it's a Michael Bay movie that's like Tarantino wrote part of the script at one point. Nicolas Cage was just making shit up as he went. It's like the dialogue is ridiculous. But you know, it's based in San Francisco, so I'm automatically biased right there. Big fan of that. Um I think allegedly one of my, my parents' car is in the movie, maybe, but we're still not sure where. My mom says they <laughs> fail when they were filming it, they couldn't move her car and they filmed something. I don't know. I might be there might, if you see a white BMW in that movie, it's it's my mom's. Um just putting that out there. Um movie makes me laugh. Movie's a lot of fun. Um it's like it's a bad guy with a legitimate argument, kind of, where he's talking about the basic premise is a guy, um, Ed Harris, excellent actor. This movie has a bunch of excellent actors for being as ridiculous as it is. Ed Harris um, kidnaps a bunch of hostages on Alcatraz because he wants money paid to the families of soldiers who died in clandestine operations that were never recognized officially by the United States military. Um, and he says, like, these people never got the famous line in the movie. He says, these people died for their country and they never got a fucking military, uh, you know, burial. So and then he holds a bunch of people hostage. And you know what you need? And he's got these fucking warheads pointed at San Francisco with um, VX gas. That's going to kill everybody. So what you need, you need a nerd like Nicolas Cage. And then you need a guy who broke out of Alcatraz, former uh, SS agent. Is that what SS, what they call British? Is it SS, Mike? What's the, what do they call the British? Uh, I don't know SS are Nazis they, too. So that's why I'm going to say correctly. I don't think it's SS. You know what I'm talking about though. Oh. The British, British CIA. Am agent. I? I don't think it was MI. Whatever. British FBI agent, whatever, Sean Connery broke out of jail in Alcatraz. Now he's in a different jail. Yada, yada, yada. Movie's a lot of fun. I strongly recommend it. It's hard to find because whenever you search The Rock, you got to go through a lot of like Dwayne Johnson. When you type in The Rock, even if you type in The Rock movie, you got to get real specific. The Rock movie, Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery. My favorite movie, The Rock. So that's my first one. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, um... I mostly just want to pick these before you guys pick any of yours that <laughs> might, might be the same ones because I don't want to double up. So if you guys pick one of the ones I wrote down, I was like, oh, I think it's something else. I don't it's want fine. to have the same ones. There's too many good movies. We, we, we did some of the I same game. I think we can have, we can have oh, that MVP baseball. Much, Shout out, Mike. Too much of, <laughs> too much of a cop out, I think. Um, so this first one, I'm going to get it out before potentially Bobby. <laughs> I'm going to get a, and I don't even think this is his favorite Kevin Smith movie, but uh, I'll do Clerks. Um, Clerks <laughs> is just one of my favorite movies. I, I yeah. think it's Kevin Smith's best movie um and it kind of sucks because like he kind of nailed it out of the park for me first and it's just like i keep wanting him to do something as good as that and they're never quite i mean i look i like him smith as a director and a writer um but they never quite hit that mark that clerks did i, I don't know if it was just one of those things where it's just like everything kind of came together or it was just like a passion project or, or whatever it is it just it just felt so authentic and unique and cool and i remember the first time i saw it i was just completely blown away um you know, and he's done a lot with those. I mean, look, there's been two more sequels of Clerks, and I still haven't seen the third one. Um, but that first one was just something really special. You know, it was very unique and kind of of its time. Um, and I still think it works out, today. Famously maxed out $27,000 in credit card debt to film the movie. So Yeah, which I think happens for a lot of independent filmmakers, right? Like you kind of make that first one and yeah. you only can hope it's as successful as, you know, Clerks was. But like it just... It had a lot of heart and character and just, you know, great dialogue, which he's known for, which I never really thought he quite 
hit quite again. But like, yeah, just what a fantastic film. So yeah, Clerks. I believe the girlfriend had gone through forty-seven dicks. Thirty-seven. How many dicks? Were- thirty-seven. Try not dicks. to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot. <laughs> Excellent line in a movie. Hey, you buddy. get back over here. Back. The guy starts walking after her. I honestly, I, I, I was thinking about a Kevin Smith movie. I was thinking if I was going to put Dogma or not. But I'm still. I mean, the list yeah. is five is tough. Everything I learned about Christianity comes from dogma, which says something. Mike, what do you got this? What do you got for your first one? Uh, quick fun fact about dogma. One of the reasons why you don't see it out like on any TV shows and why DVDs can't come out anymore is because uh, Miramax owns the rights to it. And that shit stain Harvey Weinstein won't sell it back to Kevin Smith. Oh, no, it's just on YouTube. People just post this shit on YouTube now. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. I remember watching Dogma just on YouTube a one time. It's uh, Kevin Smith is really uh, conflicted because Harvey Weinstein kind of saved it. Like, he's the one who bought Clerks. It really, like, that type of person being who helped make him really bothers him, you know, when he talks about it sometimes. But, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Mike, what's your first hey, it pick? Is what it is. I know at least one of Mike's. I wonder if he's going to uh, get there first. I know two of Mike's, I actually. I know two I for wonder, sure. Uh, I wonder. Um, so I'm going to go, and I had to think about which superhero. I only wanted to put one superhero movie into this one. And I figured out which, which is the one that, like, when I see it on TV, I'm just going to watch it. Or, like, that I have willingly just watched, you know, again and again. And it's going to be Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, easily the most uh, political thriller type of uh, movie that I think. I mean, I guess it's one of one because I really don't think there's been anything else like it in in the MCU. And it was just a great movie uh, through and through. I'm not going to talk too much about Captain America Winter Soldier. I'm going to assume people have watched it a lot. So let's uh, move on to the next one, Bob. All right. All the President's Men. All the President's Men um, is one of my favorite books. It's one of my favorite movies. (laughs) <laughs> you guys are both friends of mine, so you know how much of a nerd I am for Watergate. And All the President's Men is famously the book that Bob Woodward and Robert uh, Bob Woodward and uh, I forgot what fucking Carl, Carl, Bernstein. Carl I forgot, Bernstein. I forgot Bernstein's name for a minute. Bernstein wrote about the Watergate thing. These two men broke the case wide open. And the movie is uh, Robert Redford playing um, Bob Woodward and Dustin Hoffman playing Carl Bernstein. And it is. Yeah, I think I I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. I've seen it so many times, and I'm so fascinated in the subject matter. Um, Mike probably remembers when we went and saw Frost Nixon at an early screening because the writer of that movie went to Syracuse, so we got to see an early screening. And I was grinning like a jackass the whole time we were watching that movie just because I love the the Watergate subject matter. And the pinnacle of that is All the President's Men. It's a movie from 1970, I want to say like 1976-ish. I, maybe 75, but you know, Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman at the peak of their powers, people just ripping fucking heaters, just smoking cigarettes inside all the time. I like watching old movies like that. We're just ripping heaters indoors. No problem. Um, all the president's men love that movie. Um, Mark, what do you got next? Yeah. Uh, next I'll do a uh, predator. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's like the only. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the only action film I have here, but it's not. Like, oh, these other ones are kind of actiony. But um, yeah, I I didn't see Predator until I was a little bit older, and it really just. I mean, I think so. I think I knew about the character Predator because of like video games and stuff before I actually saw the movie. 
Um, when I finally saw the movie, I was just like, man, this is just, it's just such a fun flick. You know, it really, it hits all the notes it needs to hit very quickly. It establishes all its characters in fun, unique ways. Um, and it kind of gets to the, the heart of the matter pretty quickly. And it's just, it's just a fun ride. And then again, you know, it brings all this kind of lore with, you know, what this alien race, the predator is. And again, there's been many movies after it, but none of them really quite hit like this one, except I would say the newest one, Prey, was fantastic. I don't know. Did you oh, guys yeah. catch that oh, one? It was that was really so good. good. That yeah, Prey ruled. was really good. I mean, so that right now, that bookmarking kind of the the start and end of like the Predator saga. I mean, as far as like the, the oldest film and newest one to come out, those are two fantastic ones. But the first one was just so much fun. I mean, Arnold's obviously fantastic, but Jesse Ventura, the whole cast is just such a fun character. I ain't got time to group bleed. of characters. Yeah, to watch them get hunted down and killed by this bigger, badder ass alien guy. Just just a really fun movie. And I always think the Predator is just a really cool character. Um, so yeah, that's my other one, Predator. Worth mentioning, please go find the Predator rap on YouTube. After you watch the movie, though. That that scratches the itch. Like anytime I really need to see it, yeah. I don't want to spend the 90 minutes, you know, a nine minute video where this British-esque guy just kind of basically hits all the main points, really kind of scratches that itch for it. Dylan, you this son stuff, of a bitch. <laughs> this stuff will make you a sexual tyrannosaur. <laughs> Like got me. I think Arnold's gonna make a few appearances. <laughs> Mike, who do you got? <laughs> what do you got? Um, well, spoiler, Arnold would not be making any appearances in my list, even though all excellent movies from the 80s and early 90s. Um, next one is a uh Japan anime movie that came out maybe about seven, eight years ago, um, back in 2016, called Your Name, um, from director Makoto Shinkai. Um my favorite uh, Japan anime movie. It's a love story. Um, short premise of the movie. It's uh, <laughs> this uh, guy and this girl who uh, keep switching their bodies um, during various times. And as you can imagine, they end up falling in love. Um, I watch it maybe once a year. Um, and each time I watch it, I ball my eyes out at the end of the movie mm -hmm. i just think it's a very very beautiful story and um i've learned to really well i've i love everything that director does now he's come out with uh two other movies which i think are in the same universe um and i've watched each of them in the movies when they come out right on nice um my third one is the dark knight um I love Batman. He's my favorite superhero, period. Love Batman. I know he's a rich guy and all that shit, but Batman is basically a detective. Um, and um, I'm also a big like Sherlock Holmes fan and shit like that too. I like that concept of protagonist. And Dark Knight is the greatest superhero movie ever. I'm pretty sure it won our bracket, didn't it? I think. I think it may have, yeah. I think it came down to like Maybe, that and like know. Avengers, first Avengers. Ah, COVID. What a weird time. Um, if you guys want to go back, you can't. If anybody <laughs> asks, I'll put the old episodes up. <laughs> um, so um, I think everybody has seen The Dark Knight. If you haven't seen it in the theaters, it is on TNT every week. Um, and quite frankly, they really don't have to edit much of it out, I think. Um, not like they're cursing and shit in Batman, you know, and we're showing half a guy's face. This is America. They'll show violence. Um. I like the Dark Knight so much that I remember being in the theater 
And in the last 20 minutes, I got sad because I realized they are never going to make a Batman movie or any superhero movie. I enjoy this as much as this one. And I might be putting myself in a box there like that, but it's been 15 years and that is the case. I enjoy the entire MCU. Uh, not all of it, but I enjoy the MCU. Fucking love Black Panther. Mike mentioned one, Winter Soldier. Fucking love Winter Soldier. Excellent movie. Hell, I like the first Captain America movie. I don't know, a lot of people did. I did. Love Captain America movie. All these Spider-Man movies, these new ones, cool. Dark Knight for me. Dark Knight is, the Joker is the greatest bad guy in anything I've ever seen in my life. All these people talking about Joaquin Phoenix Joker, sure it was good, doesn't hold a fucking candle, okay? At the moment where the Joker walks out in the fucking nurse's outfit, that, like, that physical performance is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on cinema. Like, everything about that character. I fucking, I love, um, um, I, I, I just love that movie. I think it's so good. And, uh, yeah, I love Batman, though, too. So, that one, that one is for me. Uh, Mark, who do you got? What do you got? Uh, yeah, so this will be my Tarantino pick, and there's a couple that I would go for, but this has always been my favorite and always been one of my favorite films, uh, Pulp Fiction. Um, honestly, it was, I was, it, there was really no question. I was thinking like, oh, I, I should, I mean, it was like, I'll put Pulp Fiction and I was just thinking of other Tarantino movies. Like I really like Django. Um, I really dig how Tarantino kind of gets some actors and he's just like, oh, you're really good. I'm putting you in all my shit now. Um, and like, it used to be, I mean, it still is like Samuel's always in his movies or Tarantino, not Tarantino. Um, Travolta was in maybe it was was Travolta just in Pulp Fiction. I don't remember if he if he's in another one or not. Uh, um, no, that was it. But mostly with Django, I was just going to mention like him with Leo, like, and uh, was it Christoph Waltz in Django? Like he's just he gets some of these actors and the performances they put on are just fantastic. But Pulp Fiction's just always been a classic of mine. Even though, like, I will say there are parts of that film that like. Sometimes when I'm rewatching it, I'll just skip over. Like when it's Bruce Willis in the cab talking to the cab driver about how he just killed. It's not a bad scene. It's just like I love that scene. It's not the most entertaining for me. It's just that that scene's just kind of slow. Like, look, I, anytime Tarantino and Samuel are doing their hitman shit, that's just like that's the movie for me. Like those Travolta two, and Samuel. yeah, Travolta and Samuel just ripping off each other. Like that's the movie. Like I, I want a movie just of their hijinks and them just doing hits and you know talking about going to Europe and stuff and, you know, love Big Mac and all that. I mean, there's so many classic lines. Um, and especially, you know, the, all the whole scene with them cleaning out uh, the brains in the back of the car. I mean, there's just a lot of good stuff in Pulp Fiction. Dude, I, I, was, mean, I was at a YouTube rabbit um, hole. They were showing like, random scenes from movies and, I, and the Marvin scene showed up and I was like, hell yeah. I'm realizing, by the way, like Mark and I grew up together. <laughs> a lot of these movies Mark is mentioning, I'm like, because I was in my head, I'm like, am I going to say Pulp Fiction? Am I going to say Reservoir Dogs? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my list hasn't changed too much. There, there are some Okay, so to recap, films, so far, but... I have The Rock, All the President's Men, and uh, Dark Knight. Mark, your three so far? Uh, Clerks, Predator, and Pulp Fiction. Mike, your two, and then give your third, please. Uh, so far, I have listed off Winter Soldier and Your Name. And the third one, which I'm going to say, which I think is one of the ones Bobby probably two. pegged I got being two for on you. my list. <laughs> well, we'll go with the first one first. Let's see. It is going to be uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Not one of the movies. Wow. Okay. Oh, really? Well, okay. Oh, I one of my movies. I less thought that would have been the one. I thought you might say Scott Pilgrim, by the way. I thought he might, but that's not one of the, there's not just two others. I think you might say, maybe I'm wrong. 
But all right, well, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, a movie that didn't do too well at the bo- uh, box office when it came out, God, um, thirteen years ago, um, but has since become a cult classic um, movie, which I think everyone. I think everyone who's watched it loves it. I mean, it was good enough that they did one of those uh, COVID protocol uh, table reads for the movie that I think got a ton of views. I watched that whole fucking thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So did I. (laughs) Uh, But that was a movie that I really, I didn't know too much about it when it came out. Um, Bobby actually was the one who recommended we go watch it. I think it was the first weekend we were back for our last year in uh, in law school. So I think this was maybe second or third week in August. And I I think I'd seen a trailer for him. Like, all right, looks look looks like a wacky movie. And for me, I was in on the movie when Scott is going to take a piss. And in the background, you just hear the fairy theme, mm-hmm. the, the great fairy theme. You were in from, from the opening Zelda. intro music. What the fuck are you talking about? They literally played I, the I intro music. Like, Mike I was grinning like a jackass yet. from the first no, two no, seconds. No, 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 no. You just went, oh, I yeah. Thought, I thought it was enjoyable. I'm like, all right, this is cool. This is cool. We are, all right, I like, oh, we are sex for Bob. I like that. It wasn't until the plane of the great fairy theme when he's going to take a piss and you see the piss meter just going <laughs> down <laughs> that first i think i turned above like yo is that the zelda theme and then when i confirmed only shit that's the zelda theme i was in on the movie at, at that point and i remember it was one of the last dvds i think i ever bought i bought the special edition Me too. of uh, Scott <laughs> i got that one too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's a movie I watch every so often. Um, I normally don't play RPGs, um, non RPGs a lot, meaning like your beat 'em ups, um, and stuff like that. I I normally don't play those very very much after I get them. But I remember the Scott Pilgrim video game that came out. I wore that game out. I powered everyone up in my original Xbox 360 version of it to all of them to their highest levels where just a simple jab and your enemies die. <laughs> so as you can imagine, I'm very excited when the show came out. Still not all the way through it because I since realized from last week, um, I'm actually watching it on Netflix, not Netflix. As I mentioned right. to you last week. <laughs> yeah. You paying for Netflix again? No, my uh, my girlfriend has. Ah, gotcha. So whenever I'm at her, her place, um, that's when I've been able to watch the show. So Third one for me is Scott Pilgrim versus the World, starring uh, Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, uh, and a shit ton of other people. I I can't. Audrey Plaza, right Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Karen Culkin. The cast rules. Yeah. Gideon Graves himself, Jason Schwartzman. Shout out Phantom Planet. Do 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 do. No one else remember that song. Anyway. No, I do. I'm yeah. California. Um. All right. Um. Usual suspects. Um, Usual Suspects is a tough sell in 2023 when both the director and the lead actor turns out are not the greatest people in the world. Um, Talking about Brian Singer, talking about Kevin Spacey. Um, Kevin Spacey, not a great person, excellent fucking actor. Um, I love the Usual Suspects. There was a stretch in law school 
where I watched the usual suspects, I think three times in four days where I was watching it with my friend Sal, who'd seen it before. And then I said, we got to get Mike over here. And then Mike came and watched it like the next day. And then we had a other friend, Phil, I think it was the fourth part. Was the next one we watched it? I said, Phil, you got to come watch this. <coughs> Usual suspects. I know the twist. Doesn't matter. Every single time. The movie's fucking perfect. The Usual Suspects is a perfect movie. F- top to bottom. The, and nobody involved with it, with it has written anything as good, directed anything as good, and acted anything as good, in my opinion. Okay? As good of an actor as Kevin Spacey is. And I know he won Oscars and shit for other stuff. Usual Suspects is a perfect movie. Go watch it. And I don't know what's going on, but it's only one star on Google Play with one review. So I'm assuming people uh, did not like, don't like like Kevin Spacey or something. I'm looking at my Google Play library because I used to buy digital movies like a schmuck. So that's how I got here. Usual Suspects, man. Um, Mark, what's your fourth one? Uh, Yeah, this is another one that I didn't, hear about until way later because it's an old movie and i I honestly i'm trying to remember i I do remember i first heard about it because this dude across the dorm said it was his favorite movie and i thought it was a different movie than what it actually was so it wasn't until the game actually came out for the warriors that i ended up watching the movie (laughs) yeah and i just i just love that movie so much it's such the atmosphere the soundtrack the the weird like slang terminology they they gave like all the protagonists and stuff and again like not a complex story you know we're not we're not getting lost in the plot here it's very straightforward what happens like these dudes go to a meetup someone gets shot they get blamed they got to make it they got to bop their way back to coney right um it's just so fun it's just such a fun film with you know unique characters that you kind of get to know like all these guys personality and their little nicknames and stuff and it's just a fun action flick, you know. I don't, re- I don't really know how to like to sell it better. It's just something that like, nineteen seventies like, New York, right? Was, um, it was nineteen seventies yeah. came out? Nineteen seventies New York. I think the late late seventies, yeah. like that. And really, just and, and, and again, like you know, unlike Michael, I'm not from New York, so I don't have like like a nostalgia for seeing the city back then. Or, like, you know how it used to look. You don't have to. Like it's just like it's just such a unique setting, and that m- movie just carries such a weight with it, and just such. A unique style and kind of like I don't know. Have like you read the book, Mark? Or anything, but just no. It's based on a book. Based on a book. No, it's based on it's based on a straight up book. It's made up novel. No, might be worth your time. I think I don't know. People no, seem to dig it. Um, yeah, Mike, who's yeah. your fourth? Was your fourth one? For the love of God, I gotta get one of your two. One of these ones is be the two. I think you got. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, next one for me is a uh, Shawshank Redemption. Fuck you, man. Okay, fuck you. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, that one, I don't think much needs to be said. Um, Shawshank, I think, is uh, uh, one of the best uh, Stephen times. King. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was probably it was on TNT or TBS like like every Saturday for like maybe 10 years. And there's a reason for it. People people love Shawshank Redemption. Um, everyone in the cast does an amazing job, even to the uh, to the smallest roles um in the movie and um you know you really pull for Andy Dufresne and and Red throughout the the whole thing and and honestly the the whole group of uh, of prisoners um which some of them uh weren't innocent like Andy <laughs> and you still wanted them to you know to succeed in their own little ways um 
Love that movie. Definitely a movie that if it's ever on TV or if it's on any of the premium channels, I'll I'll keep it on that channel and watch. Right on. Um, all right. This is really hard, by the way, because I'm realizing like I'm already like, man, there's so many movies. This is what we do this same as last week and stuff. But, you know, sure, I'm going to skip something here. All right. To recap, The Rock, All the President's Men, Dark Knight, The Usual Suspects. I was going to go a couple different ways with this one. Um, I was considering Hot Fuzz. I was considering The Princess Bride. I was considering uh, Reservoir Dogs. But I realized, I said it at the beginning, he was going to make one or more, more than one appearance. Terms of making me happy. Commando. Fucking love Commando. I love Commando. Mike loves Commando. Mike and I can do Commando lines for the next 30 minutes of this podcast. If we wanted to just do, if they wanted to put Commando up, Mike and I could more or less do the dialogue of the whole movie. Okay. What a green beret, motherfucker. (laughs) I eat green beret for breakfast. And right now, and I'm very very hungry. hungry. (laughs) Hey, Sully, remember when I said I kill you last? (laughs) Yeah, Matrix, you did say that. I lied. Um, Yeah, I, dude. Mark said Predator. That's another one. We did our favorite action movies at one point on this podcast. Arnold Schwarzenegger is an impressive man. Obviously, personal shortcomings exist too. In terms of action hero, number one with a fucking bullet. And I know, shout out Bruce Willis. Shout out Rock. Shout out fucking Sylvester Stallone. Shout out the entire fucking cast of The Expendables. Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. Okay? we not, No one said Terminator t- or Terminator 2 yet, which we probably won't. Just saying. But like, greatest action movie of all time for a lot of people is a movie made in 1991 called Terminator 2. Commando, real simple fucking present premise. Special Forces guys retired, doesn't want to work anymore. Some terrorists are like, "Hey, you gotta come work for us." He's like, "Nah, I'm good." And then they kidnap his daughter, and he's like, "Okay, well, like then they're like, okay, well, you know, you gotta work for us." Then he just kills some of them on a plane, and then he fucking steals a rocket launcher, and then he kills some other people, Sully included. Then he goes to an island. And takes down an entire South American army, basically. At one point, he takes a handsaw, like a circular saw, and he frisbees it and scalps a motherfucker. And that's when I realized this is maybe the best movie I've ever seen. And then at the end, he throws a pipe through Dan Severin's chest. Okay? I'm not saying it definitely was Dan Severin. That guy just looked a lot like Dan Severin. Okay? (laughs) If you told me it was Dan Severin, I'd be like, maybe. He throws a pipe through him and steam comes out. Had to let off some steam, Bennett. I love Commando. If Mark didn't say Predator, I could have put Predator here too, to be honest. So, yeah. I bought Commando and Predator in the last 10 years at a used at a used DVD store, okay? It exists somewhere in my house right now. Um, Mark, what's your last one? And to re- give us your four, four also to recap. Uh, yeah, so um, my top four were personal, easy picks for me. Uh, Clerks, Predator, Pulp Fiction, Warriors. Those are kind of always been top top movies for me for a long time. So this fifth one was really like, I was kind of hedging. And if I could do two, like a two-part movie, because like, it's a movie that's kind of in two parts, I'd do it. I don't know if the council will allow. But if not, there's a backup. It's either going it, to, it, it, it's some combination of avengers if i could do avengers infinity war and endgame together i'd probably do that but if i can't i'll just do the the first avengers um and i like both or all three of those movies for a lot of the same reasons it's it's kind of frustrating as a comic book fan that like so many times these properties don't acknowledge that like 
yo, dude, there's X-Men and Wolverines running around. Like, there's a lot more going on than just Peter Parker in Manhattan or Batman in Gotham City. Like, there's a whole world of superheroes and villains that they kind of just, for, you know, probably financial reasons or, you know, whatever, you know, the company doesn't want to use them. Like, they don't allow all of the toys to get played together. And it really seemed like, you know, with the MCU and particularly with the first Avengers or you bring everything together in Infinity War and Endgame. It's just you're getting all the toys together and you're just having a good time playing out a really fun story. And I think in all three of those films, you know, the first Avengers building, I think that was kind of the like a smaller version of what we eventually got in Infinity War and Endgame where it's like we're leading we're building a thing up to a big climactic movie um where all these characters are going to be interacting with each other and have to fight some kind of big bat or whatever um and i i do if i could pick the two together i would pick infinity war in in endgame because it is the the culmination of that whole first three phases of the mcu really coming together and just like paying off in such a fantastic way that like you know it's kind of sad because i think leading up to that everything was you know that machine was just firing on on all cylinders and it's really been stumbling to recapture that magic in the last couple phases. We got some oversaturation, honestly, for when I get really into that thing. Um, I I do too, but I honestly feel like a lot of the oversaturation is because, again, they've been even now. So after after Endgame, less willing to really mix the toys together, and I think that's really my thing. Is this like I want the characters to interact with each other way more often than they have. Like I think She Hulk was fun. Because Daredevil was there, right? Like, I think it's yeah. cool when it's like, hey, here's one show and here's this other character you know, and here's them interacting. That gets, and, you know, you could say like Winter and Falcon. Uh, They're all in the same Winter fucking Soldier city. Winter and the Falcon. Like, yeah. 90% like, of the that, time, that one, the same fucking city. So, mm-hmm. it's to my point, like that one series, I do feel like is one of the weakest ones. But my favorite part is those two characters interacting with each other. Like when he's when he's saying like, oh, your name should be like, you know, like the, the White Panther. And he's like, oh, they call me White Fang. This is like these little, little these little nods or whatever. And it's like, oh, that that stuff's really fun. I just wish they would do that more. And I think they're slowly getting there. You guys haven't probably seen the Marvels yet, but obviously that movie has a bit of that. And then at the end of it, it's kind of like they're finally kind of being like, okay, we're gonna start adding in more of the stuff that you know we own. And that we're going to start implementing. So however you want to, I'll just put Avenger, <coughs> Avengers as like a cap all, whether you want to do the original one, which I thought was amazing with. Honestly, you know, Captain well, uh, if Steph Iron was Man here, Thor. I think Steph said it when we did the bracket, they, them pulling off Avengers wasn't a fucking achievement. Like getting yeah. us all of that in one movie was a fucking achievement. And it really was. And like Endgame gave us the moment with all the portals that like, I felt it in my fucking you know, inside. So yeah. Um, yeah. Mike, you're four and then you're fifth. And for the love of God, if it's not one of the two, I'm I'm calling bullshit on your entire list. I'm just saying. I mean, I literally wrote these out before the podcast even started. So I'm going to tell you which ones I'm going to tell you which ones I thought you. um, All right. All right. After I say my last one, Uh, but to recap, so I went with winter soldier, your name, scout program versus the world and Shawshank redemption. And the last one is a favorite of mine from when I was a small kid, and it is uh, the Mighty Ducks. Wow, Bobby don't know me, son. <laughs> no, I, um, I, 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 none of the ones you said were. So I didn't know the Japanese one you said was. Uh, was it your name? I didn't know that one at all. Your name, yeah. The other ones I all kind of saw coming. 
um, All right. on some level. But I have very two ones you talked about a lot. But go ahead, go ahead. So why you but, love Coach? But, here, but here's the, but here's the thing with a top five list, especially of like movies and TV, because I could there could easily tomorrow if we do this list there could easily be like five different. Oh yeah. Movies. To be clear, I'm going to tell you two movies, and you're going to say, oh, those are probably top ten. I think, or at least yeah. up there for you. I, I think that's the thing is like, can Bobby, can Bobby name two movies that's going to make Mike think like, oh, I fucked up my list. <laughs> I didn't think about I mean, I almost fucked up last week. I forgot WCW versus NWO fucking, the fucking wrestling game. That was shocking to me, but okay, or no mercy. But uh, Mighty Ducks, it's a movie that came out, I think, in like 1992 or maybe 1993. Um, as I've learned later on in my life, it is just a derivative bad news bears, but in Minnesota and uh, with hockey and with the added benefit of the plucky underdog team of misfits actually wins at the end. Uh, but even with all that said, a seven, eight year old Mike doesn't give a shit. I love that movie. Um, as I get older, I realized there were little jokes in there that were not meant for kids that I don't think would fly nowadays. Um, for example, uh, one of the hockey lines that the District 5, a.k.a. Mighty Ducks had, was the Oreo line. The Oreo line <laughs> consisted of the Hall brothers and Giger, and uh, Giger Bane. Uh, black, the white, Hall brothers, black. <laughs> that is correct. And I remember as a kid, that joke went right by my head. But when I was a little older, I started laughing my ass off when Coach Bombay just yells out, Oreo line. I'm like, oh, my God, how did this get past censors? What the fuck's oh, a wait, cake eater? By night. the way, it's been like 25 years. What the fuck's a cake eater? Oh, that that I don't know. I've never bothered to look that up. <laughs> even as a he seven kept year calling old, him a I'm cake like, eater. what the hell is a cake eater? <laughs> it's just I still don't understand all these years later. Hey, by the way, Mighty Ducks 2 is just Miracle on Ice. Just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, but even though in the first one they somehow got away with an Oreo line joke, they apparently didn't want to piss off the Russians, and they made the big bad Iceland. No one's ever been afraid Remember of Remember in Parks Iceland. and Rec where like, the guy wanted to do says, you want to be Iceland? He's like, the bad guys for Mighty Ducks 2? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> If we did TV show, I think all of us might have mentioned Parks and Rec. Just putting that out there. Um, uh, that's a good list, brother. Possibly. Um, I yeah. thought you were going so, uh, to. I thought you one. were going to say, "Love and Basketball" was one. I thought you were oh. going to say, "You hear that oh. noise, Mark?" I wasn't off. I wasn't that far off. Um, that's what I was waiting for. And then the other one was Last Dragon. Those were the other. That was the other one I thought you might say. Oh, man. Yeah, they're top ten ish. Be honest with me, I was oh, close. Yeah. Uh, lo love and basketball, definitely, definitely in the top ten. Um, one of the other rare DVDs I actually bought. Um, yeah, I used to watch that movie a lot when I was uh, when I was in college. You were in love with Sanai Lathan too. That helped. Oh shit! Oh yeah, Sanai Lathan. That was oh my god. Yeah, she was. 20, 22, I, I saw, 23 year old Mike thought she was so beautiful. I saw a random Instagram reel when I was scrolling where someone was just talking about how dude is the worst basketball player in any basketball movie ever. <laughs> was uh, the dude in that movie? Uh, Omar, Omar, yeah, he was just trash. Well, funny enough, Sanaa <laughs> Lathan uh, didn't know how to play basketball yeah. either, so it was just two people there just being hot, but not being. Yeah, good I mentioned people. some of the ones I might have gone to. Uh, another one would have been Die Hard. Die Hard's another one that I've seen a million times. 
Um, and I say it as a Christmas movie for what it's worth. It's literally part of the I plot. Do as well. It's part of the plot that it's Christmas. Yeah. They're at a Christmas party. Just saying. Um, hope, hope Bruce Willis is doing okay. Saw a sad video. Um, he is not. I know. Dude's got but, uh, thoughts and prayers yeah. either way. Fucking, that's the worst shit, man. Um, all right, let's do stuff we like real quickly. Um, I'm gonna go real quick. Um, just gonna real th- real quickly explain something to the people who've been ro- who've been wrestling fans for not so long, who are somehow shocked and surprised that CM Punk would say a bunch of stuff about WWE, not go to then go away and then go to a different company and talk more shit about WWE, and then return to WWE. Um which he just was on TV a few minutes ago, not violating an NDA that clearly exists, Mike. <laughs> that clearly exists. <laughs> so, putting that out there. Um, this is a carny business, professional wrestling, okay? It's all fake. I remember people got really offended when Cody Rhodes talked about the revolution, and then he went back to WWE, okay? Kevin, Kevin Nash said something one time, and I heard it, it was like 10 years ago, and it's been true. And it made me think about how we do, the, how this whole business works. The only real things in wrestling, the money and the miles. That's it, okay? You have a small window to make as much money as possible. None of them are employees. They're all independent contractors. Does it sound familiar? It's because they stole the business model from Vince McMahon with MMA, okay? He needs to get paid, Okay. He's 45, I think. He only has so many years where he can fucking push it like this. And he's burned a lot of bridges and nobody was going to pay him like this. Mike, this is not that complicated. He had to get paid. Yeah. So him having to ask Triple H for a job is pretty funny, given what everybody knows about how they feel about each other. The post-Survivor Series press conference really had vibes from Triple H where he was just like, well, you know. Not saying I didn't want to do this, but he did not sound terribly happy. And apparently it was a Nick Khan call. Um, And shit, man, it was the most social moment they said ever, which I don't know how you define that. Uh, They got like 71 million impressions. I don't know. One championship talks a lot about about impressions too, and now they have no money. So we like to count dollars and cents normally. And a Survivor Series was the most watched Survivor Series they've ever had on Peacock. Uh, Peacock was also on a Black Friday deal. So you go ahead and decide for yourself what that meant. Um, cause I bought a year of Peacock for $20, Mike, $20. So that's still there. If anybody wants to get Peacock, Oh, entire year of Peacock for $20 that. for the ad thing, or you can pay $2 a month, but just get the fucking $20 for a year. And you know, they're gonna have an NFL playoff game. That's it. That's all I got this week. Um, I'm excited for the AEW continental classic because Eddie Kingston is going to fight Brian Daniel is going to wrestle Brian Danielson on Saturday. And Mike might watch because he's going to watch Eddie Kingston tap out probably. So <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty oh, much it. Um, someone said if CM Punk talks shit about AEW, they should get Eddie, give Eddie Kingston a live mic on Wednesday and just let him talk for 20 minutes. And part of me is like, I would have enjoyed that. <laughs> I would have really enjoyed that. Mark, what do you got this week? Yeah, not too much. I'll keep it simple. Um, I also, one of the few things I bought on the Black Friday thing was a streaming subscription because I've been wanting to watch Hey Dude for like the last six months. <laughs> and I've been thinking about buying a Paramount Plus subscription just to watch it. And when it was on sale, I was like, you know what? That's happening. And I've watched about two seasons of the 1989 to 1991 Nickelodeon live action series Hey Dude. And while I can say like, you know, it's definitely hokey and of its time and 
slightly racist and sexist. Um, it's also very comforting, like a warm blanket. And anytime there's been, you know, in this four day weekend we had, there's been a lapse of stuff to watch on YouTube or whatever. It's like, oh, I'll throw on another Hey Dude and I'll watch, you know, five episodes of that. Just a really, f- I, honestly, when I first started watching, I was just, I was just curious, like, what, how many episodes can they milk out of camp counselors at a dude ranch? Um, and a lot of it is people falling in mines. Cause I read a, what, uh, a Reddit like tweet say like, how many times does someone fall in a mine in the show? Like 10 times. I'm like, I've at least seen four episodes where someone gets trapped in a mine already. Um, and lots of people getting pushed into water troughs, but I don't know. There's just something weirdly charming and comforting about watching that show. And what's weird is like, as a kid, I wasn't that big of a fan of Hey Dude. And like, again, like looking on Reddit and watching other people's reactions, I had a lot of the same reactions as a kid where it was like, I would watch that show when there really wasn't anything else on, but it wasn't like I would get excited to watch Salute Your Shorts, which I haven't started watching yet, but I, I want to plan picking up. But I don't know. Like, I've really been enjoying watching Hey Dude. It's just been very a, a very comforting watch. So um, there was that. And then me and Christine did watch A Violent Night. Now, this was a Christmas movie that came out last year with David Harbour. And he plays Santa Claus, and he basically ends up killing a bunch of people. Oh, and stuff. God, it's such a good movie. Um, and and that was really at Christine's, you know, request. She she, uh, you know, really wanted to watch. I think last year she mentioned wanting to watch it, and then she mentioned it again, like, oh, we should try checking that out. Um, I enjoyed it. It wasn't it, Christine, obviously. You know, when we talk about actors, she enjoyed it more than I did. Like, I, it is what it is. Like, it's kind of a stupid, fun, hokey, violent action Christmas movie. That it itself does not take itself too seriously. I mean, often uh, a question to like, how does Santa do this or that? David Harvard just basically looks in the camera and goes, uh, it's just Christmas magic. Like, just don't question this stuff. We're in a movie where Santa's killing people. Um, I thought it was fun. Um, I, I think really for me where it got kind of weak was um, forgetting the actor's name. John Trigliato. What's that guy's name that played Luigi in the Mario movie? Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Yeah, Le- yeah, he's supposed to be the big bad, um, and I just have a hard time buying it. He doesn't really, for me, have that like presence of like either a really like tough hard ass. He doesn't have like an imposing kind of like physicality to him. So him kind of being like the guy calling all the shots, like I don't know, it doesn't quite work for me um, as well. But like overall, like a really fun film. I mean, look, you if you understand what the premise is, and you're kind of like okay. I got, you know, 90 minutes to have like a, you know, an interesting, fun, violent kind of action film. It's going to meet that bill. If you're looking for it to like also have like deeper plot and meaning is going to answer some, you know, unique questions of like Santa Claus lore and stuff and how any of that shit's supposed to work. It doesn't. It does. And, and what I do appreciate about it, it doesn't even try to. It's just like, look, it. this is what it is. The answer to some of these questions is going to be magic, okay? Like, don't question this shit. But it's a fun ride. So I think if you're kind of, you know, on that boat and, you know, I think David Harbour does like a great job. I think he's a really fun actor. And I think, you know, again, as someone who's kind of becoming somewhat of an action star himself, I, I do feel like he meets the bill. Like, I, I really enjoyed his Hellboy. And I think he's done some other, obviously, Stranger Things he's done really well on, which I need to catch up on. So, yeah, that's stuff I got this week. Mike. <coughs> Uh, yeah, so the thing I like this week is is actually a recommendation from uh, Dr. Law's uh, girlfriend. Um, I think about a week or two ago, I had mentioned that uh, my girlfriend and I were uh, running through some horror movies, and he uh, 
piped up and said, uh, my girlfriend really likes this movie, Pearl. And we finally got around to watching it yesterday. And as soon as the uh, opening, like Chiron's, uh, you know, saying what production companies uh, did it, we saw it was an A24 movie. So we both looked at each other and thought, oh, okay, this is going to be a different type of horror movie. This is going to be some artsy fartsy shit. And sure enough, it was. It wasn't your stereotypical horror movie. Uh, but when the killing gets us started, it, oh, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a, it's a fun time. Um, Mia Goth, uh, go, goes ham on, uh, on, on the people that die. And she has a very, very good monologue at the very end of the movie that you don't really see that level of acting in any horror movies, but that's what you get from a 24 movies. So we came away very impressed with the film and we're already planning on watching the pre not, I guess it's not a prequel movie. It's uh, the movie that I guess comes after, I think it's called X or, or something. Uh, so if you have any time, uh, try to find Pearl and whatever streaming services you that it's on. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, had a bit of a technical snafu at the end of the podcast here. Um, but yeah, you didn't miss anything. Uh, we are wrapping up anyway, so I uh, just want to say thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, um, which I believe will be episode fi- 560 for us. Uh, yeah, be episode 560. So hope you enjoyed this week. We'll be back next week with a review of UFC Austin and preview the card with uh, Song Yedong versus Chris Gutierrez. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Bye.